Solar System Tour. Today, Science Wednesday on Weather Jazz. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, astronomy, as has been the case for the last couple of months on Science Wednesday. And periodically interesting off-topic episodes, most of which will occur on Open Line Friday. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bornier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 359 for Wednesday, August 17, 2022. Well, this is Science Wednesday, and I do have a little bit of space weather news thanks to spaceweather.com. We've been tracking a CME, a coronal mass ejection of a rather unique variety from a sunspot, which right now is facing Earth. And that sunspot hurled a rather complex batch of energy towards the Earth. And the first minor coronal mass ejection to hit the Earth's magnetic field was actually last night at about 11 p.m. local time. And it could, in fact, be the first of several CME strikes because of the complex nature of this particular sunspot, which right now is pointing towards Earth from the sun's surface. And that will be in the days ahead. And those that predict such things from the sun's surface say that their cumulative effect could cause what is known as a strong G3-class geomagnetic storm, especially tomorrow and on Friday. During such storms, naked-eye auroras can descend into the USA, even as far south as Illinois and Oregon, maybe even northern parts of Kentucky or Virginia. We'll have to wait and see. Cameras with sensitive night sky settings could record auroras even farther south than that. So that's something that we'll have to watch for the next couple of days, but especially on Thursday and Friday night. If skies are clear in northern Ohio, for those of you and most of our audience is from the Ohio Valley, you may in fact get to see the northern lights. Stay up on the latest, and if you happen to grab an image, Make sure to pass it on to me as a JPEG at weatherjazz at yahoo.com, and I'll be sure to share it on weatherjazz.com. Now, I didn't have a program on Monday, but if I continue with my Monday, Wednesday, and Friday releases of Weather Jazz, 
I have seven more programs left before I take an extended break. And I'll have more details on that coming up. But the last Weather Jazz program that I expect to release will be on Friday, September 2nd, just before the Labor Day weekend. And I will take an extended break. And the reason for the extended break is to determine whether or not there should be any changes to Season 2 or perhaps scrap everything and revamp everything, go into Season 3 or perhaps even move in a completely different direction and maybe another kind of podcast or another program. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like. That's why I have decided to take a break after 17 years and two seasons and many, many episodes now approaching 500 or so to determine just exactly what is in the Weather Jazz future. I'll keep you posted. And just to let you know, beginning September 1st, those of you that have partnered with me financially, I'm going to suspend that option on Weather Jazz for at least a little while. I'll let you know just exactly what everything will look like once we emerge on the other side of all of this decision-making. And that's something I hope you'll be a part of, too, by making sure that you call the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. We'll have the number at the end of today's program or sending me an email at weatherjazz at yahoo.com telling me what you think the program ought to look like. Should there be any changes? And if there are any changes, what would those changes be? All right, we're about to take a break. When we come back, we return to our final object in the solar system. We've covered everything from Mercury to Pluto, even all the way out to the Oort cloud. We came back to the sun. We covered the Earth in three sections. And now we're going to concentrate on our moon. It'll take a couple of weeks to do that. And I'm looking forward to discussing with you an object that we see in our skies a lot and perhaps even take for granted. Well, by the time we are done with the moon, I suspect that no longer will it be an object that's just up there all the time. There's something special about our moon. In fact, there's a lot special about it. We'll dig into the details coming up right after this. The moon. We take it for granted. We see it up there in the sky in its different phases, whether it's full or a crescent or a half moon or what we call a quarter moon or sometimes no moon because it's too close to the sun. But in any event, we just take it for granted. The moon is a part of our sky and it's a part of our lifetime, really. So right now, let's take apart some of the elements of the moon that might escape our attention simply because it's always there. Now, most of what we're going to talk about today is certainly very well known, but perhaps not in a collective nature. But it is my hope that as we take a look at some of the parameters here, that we will discover that the moon is a special place indeed. Let's dive in. Now, the moon is the Earth's only natural satellite, obviously. Together with the Earth, it forms the Earth-Moon satellite system. 
And it is about one quarter of Earth in diameter. It's about comparable to the width, for instance, of Australia. Now, in the solar system, it is the fifth largest satellite, and it is the most massive satellite of a planet relative to the planet around which it orbits. So it orbits Earth at an average distance of 238,900 miles. That's about 30 times the Earth's diameter. The lunar cycle is 29.5 days. In other words, 29 and a half days between every full moon that we see here from the Earth's surface. Now, the moon is tidally locked. What does that mean? That basically means that it always faces Earth in the same direction. So the moon's rotation matches the rotational orbit around the Earth. We always see the very same face of the moon. It doesn't change. Now, it is interesting to note that the moon has a prominence in the Earth's sky. As a result of that, it also has a prominent place in culture, as well as influences in human society throughout history. Such influences can be found in language, calendar systems, art, and mythology, just to name a few. The only human lunar mission to date has been those of the United States. There have been other unmanned spacecraft to reach the moon before Apollo, but Apollo was the first manned mission to actually put human footprints on the moon, and that occurred between 1969 in 1972. So let's dive into the names and entomology of the moon. The usual English proper name for Earth's natural satellite is simply moon with a capital M, obviously, because it is a pronoun. The noun moon is derived from Old English muna, which basically comes from the Proto-Indo-European Minsis, which means month, and that makes a lot of sense given the fact that we see a full moon cycle approximately every 29 and a half days. By the way, the entomology or the root of moon also may be related to the verb measure, as in measure of time, also makes perfect sense. Well, before we move on on anything else, let's stop at the physical properties of the moon before we begin to wrap things up. Now, as far as the mass and size goes, it is smaller than Mercury, but considerably larger than the planet Pluto in our solar system. And if you like doing comparisons, here's one for you. The moon's mass is about 180th of the Earth's being the second densest among the planetary moons and having the second highest surface gravity of all the moons in all of our solar system except the moon Io, which orbits around Jupiter. Now, we have a lot more to discover about the moon as we head through the next couple of weeks, but let me end on this note today. And let's talk about the gravity of moon, because obviously there is gravity. There's gravity on any planetary system. Even small asteroids would have at least some kind of gravitational pull. But let's talk about the moons. The gravitational field is not, by the way, uniform. However, on average, 
The surface gravity of the moon is about half of the surface gravity of Mars and about one-sixth of Earth's. That's why the astronauts could jump almost and seemingly effortlessly several feet into the air, even with a spacesuit. You may remember that as we watched the astronauts during the Apollo missions back between 1969 and 1972. So the next time you look at that full moon, we just recently had one. It is now in its waning phases, W-A-N-I-N-G, waning, meaning it is getting smaller and smaller, the illumination of the moon with every single passing day, heading towards new in about uh, 10 or so days. We'll see the next full moon, incidentally, in early September, a week after Labor Day. So the next time you see that big, bright, full moon as we approach the harvest moon, can you believe that it's almost time for the harvest moon? And as you take a look at that harvest moon, instead of uh, just looking at its beauty, just realize the uniqueness of this satellite, given collectively all of the data that I just gave you. But it doesn't stop there. We're going to dig in deeper here in the next couple of weeks before Labor Day. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word. Do you know somebody who is a moon lover? In other words, they love seeing the full moon up there. And as we approach that big harvest moon very, very soon, this would be a great podcast and program for your friends to listen to. So guide them and direct them to weatherjazz.com. If they have a favorite podcast app, I'm on every single one. Just do a search for Weather Jazz, one word. It's still not too late to contact me, by the way, for those of you would like to make a suggestion or maybe have a question before we take our sabbatical break beginning right around Labor Day, as I mentioned in the front half of today's program, you can reach me easily via email weatherjazz at yahoo.com and also via the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. The number is 234-525-5888. Open Line Friday coming around in just a couple of days. You never know what's going to tickle my fancy, but I always try to make it tickle yours as well. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you right here on Friday. Weather and science across the globe.